Hello and welcome to the Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel. We're back with Jake Painting. It's been a minute, but we're back here today to talk about a variety of Timberwolves topics. I mean, the news is just crazy. It keeps coming in and in. So much stuff to talk about. No, but for real, we're going to be talking about the Jaden contract a bit, going to be touching on that, and then just go over our reasons to be optimistic about this Timberwolves team this upcoming season. So, Jake, how you doing? He asked me the question, uh, what are we going to be talking about about 30 minutes ago, and it kind of imploded my world as I thought, oh no, that's a tough one, but glad to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, we tend to we tend to plan podcasts without um, <laughs> planning podcasts. So, um, but like I said to you, we always we always find something to talk about, even when there's not much Timberwolves news trickling down the pipe. Um, we find something to talk about, and I mean, it's an intriguing team, even when there's there's nothing to talk about. So, I'm excited to be here. Excited to be talking with you again. Absolutely. Well, we'll just get right into the Jaden contract, I suppose, to start since we last talked. There's been very little news. Everything I've heard has been that the two sides are just far apart, but that there is at least a price range that they're they're looking at for the McDaniels group. It's above 24, 25 million per year or you know, maybe maybe it's 27 or so, but we know it's probably under 30 but above 25. And we talked last time about our maximum and we both had it around 30. Have you changed on that at all, or do you have any thoughts on this drawing out with the Jaden stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's always worrying, I guess, when you when there isn't a contract signed. I don't think anyone is in full blown panic mode. Uh, I'm certainly not. It's it's a weird situation. It, it makes sense for his side of of proceedings to want to play this out, take it all the way to maybe restricted free agency. It also makes sense for the Timberwolves to get things done straight away and to lock him up long-term. So there's also risk that, you know, touch wood, McDaniels gets injured, you know, doesn't get injured, but if he does, and that can lower the price range. If he has a bad season, that can lower the price range. If these temperament issues that kind of bobbed up with the punching of the wall somehow take an unexpected turn for the worst next season, that probably lowers the price range as well. But on the other hand, Maybe that's just fuel to the fire for Jaden in terms of playing better next season, doing more offensively, you know, training really hard in the offseason to get better. It's it's a, a weird situation. I don't think, like I said, I don't think don't think it's one to be panicking about, but I think I'm about the same. 30 million, like five years, 150 million seems like a pretty good price for someone who has shown a lot, obviously, shown a lot of potential, obviously, but hasn't really broke through in terms of being a a guy that you can base an offense around. You can base a defense around him. We know that. But a guy who's going to give you 15-plus points a night, you know, are usually the guys that get $150 million for their contract. So, yeah, I think I think $30 million, like we said, if, if they gave him $200 million, it would be like, whoa, that's a lot of money. But I don't think anyone would be like, well, we'd rather him leave right. and not pay that money. So I just want him to be signed for whatever it is because I love Jaden McDaniels and I want to see him play for my basketball team for another five years yeah in terms of like i guess panic for me there it's a one out of ten i yeah there's for him there's no reason really to do it like right now this instant why not negotiate for a while like it's different from edwards quite a bit because edwards just has the figure locked in being a mm -hmm. max contract player with Jaden, like right now with his play he's probably like a 20 million player but the potential the wolves his potential is like, you know, 35, 40 million. And right, yeah. You'd maybe want to settle in the middle there at 30 if you're the Wolves, probably a little less. But 
it's an interesting scenario because yeah i mean he again we don't know if he's ever going to hit that potential but if he does and you're paying him 30 million awesome so i'm not at all panicked about it in any way shape or form mm. i think it gets i don't even know if it gets done this off season but again like you said there's injury risk at some point maybe he just says hey 27 million per year is 27 mil per year like cool take that run with it continue to get better and then you know maybe you're max type player on your other contract so it's interesting um yeah not at all worried just figured we should address yeah. it because it's kind of the biggest elephant in the wolves room right now if you're not counting the carl stuff which at this point i'm not yeah yeah no i i think that it, it could end up being something similar to the nas reed situation where where we all kind of expected it to just linger into free agency and and it would be the smart move for nas himself i think would have been to take it to free agency, see what kind of deals he could get, see what kind of playing time or different role he could get. But then the deadline inches closer and all of a sudden one team, you know, one side of the deal budges a little bit and Nas Reed signs before free agency even begins. So I think as we get closer to the extension deadline, maybe Minnesota decide that they really do want to lock this up before free agency and, and don't want to let it linger on for a full season. And they just give him an extra two or three or four or five million a year and that's what it takes to get the deal over the line or it just goes to restrict i mean at the end of the day the worst case scenario that can happen here is that it goes all the way to restrictive free agency he gets way more than minnesota originally planned to give him and the wolves match that offer sheet and he's back with the timberwolves anyway so i don't think there's any risk of mcdaniel's leaving i don't think he's the kind of guy to um, kind of let this affect his performance or to right. let this affect his relationship with the team if it does linger into free agency. So I think that, like you said, it's a one out of 10 on the panic meter scale, but I would like to see it get signed because I want guys to be locked up long-term as fast as possible, but that is, a you know, it's not how it always works in the business. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm with you. I'd love to see it get done. The, I mean, the most surprising scenario of it is him ending up somewhere else. Like that's the most shocking, would, it would be shocking thing. if that yeah. happened because yeah. minnesota would have to actively choose to let him go and it just you know they're smart guys smart smarter than us who are watching and, and i think even us mere mortals who are who are watching <laughs> can see that, that that's just not an option to let him go yeah so that's my thoughts on the biggest it's kind of the only news circulating and yeah. is there any other news i miss like i, I don't think so no, they're just they're only I mean, the small bits, I guess. That Cat is playing for the Dominican right, Republic, right. which is which is cool. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not a huge, um, you know, it's the same thing. Selfishly, I want to see everyone not play for international because I want them all to be guaranteed or, or more guaranteed to be healthy at the start of the season. But on the other hand, I think it's really cool that Cat's playing for the Dominican Republic. It's really cool that Kyle Anderson's playing for China. It's really cool that Gobert's going back to play for France, even though you know it was a bit rocky at the start of last season. Like, this is really important for all of those guys and with USA, obviously, as well. Um, it's really important for all these guys to play for their country and it'll be cool to have such a diverse spectrum of players in the World Cup and give us sickos something to watch um, <laughs> where in the in the doldrums of the NBA offseason. Yeah, I don't have any issues with it until there are issues with it. You know, like, yeah, right now I'm yeah. like, cool, but if Ant, you know, twists his ankle, it's like, well, I knew he shouldn't have been doing it. So <laughs> yeah. once, once that happens, I'll be all riled up and being like, I knew it all along. But yeah, same with Gobert when he comes into, you know, media day and goes, my legs are tired again. I'm going to be like, all right, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the thing I keep saying about Gobert is that 
he has always played for France. Like, yeah. it's not like he only decided to. Yeah, last but now he's season. like 33, you know? Yeah. But he's he's played for France at 29, you know, the year before he got traded to the Timberwolves and he won Defensive Player of the Year. You know, like, it's he's he's a guy who I think has managed these workloads forever. I don't think that it's weird with Gobert because you have the evidence there that he was injured or at least sore coming into last season and that he made a difference it, right yeah like that, we can't like, right we can't deny that but also like this is a guy who is pretty insanely like fit and you know is a really is a workhorse when it comes to his body and always has been so i don't think he's the kind of guy who you can i i'd more worry about him getting out of shape i do think it's it's good for him to be in shape i just think that you hope that nothing unfortunate happens and that goes across the board kyle anderson was had back spasms all season. And, you know, he is a worry going into an international competition when you probably think it would be good for him to have some time off. Cat had the calf injury. Again, it would probably be good for him to have some more recovery time. And, I mean, Ant's probably different because Ant has a history of coming into camp unfit. Yeah. Uh, so, sure. may, so maybe having to stay in shape because he's playing such high-level basketball is, is probably a good thing, but... Yeah, I'm not too stressed about that. I, I do prefer everyone to, you know, be at home and yeah, resting so their body. And, and yeah, but again, it's it'll be fun to watch. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching some some international hoops. Yep, I'm with you. Again, selfishly, I'm not going to complain about it until it happens. But yeah, it's cool yeah. right now. Whatever. Anyways, should we get to the segment that I talked to you early on about? Uh, just some reasons for optimism for the Wolves this year. We'll just kind of go back and forth here, have some fun with it. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll give you a reason. And I, I, I this works because I posted this on Twitter last night. It's something I've been right. ruminate, ruminating on for a little bit is that I think it I think it was underrated throughout the whole season how good Minnesota's defense was. And I think that that gives me optimism because I do think that you can... Uh, th- their offense was terrible, which is the other side of the coin here. But I do think you can get away, or not get away, but you can work on the offense more. It's easier to instill a successful or at least semi-successful offense with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns on your team. At the end of the day, the issue has always been, I think, narrative-wise, with this two-big lineup and with the some of the parts on this team is that they're not going to be able to play defense. and not going to be able to guard people. And, I mean, last season, the starters or the new starters, I guess, with Conley instead of uh, D'Lo had a 100.6 defensive rating, which, I mean, would have been the best in the league by far. They only played 156 regular season possessions together, according to Clean the Glass. And their offense, again, was horrendous. But they had a 5.6 net rating, which is crazy good. And that was pretty much purely based on their defense. They... Didn't get threes hit on them all the time, which was, again, the the big issue with having two bigs on the team. Um, their opponents only took 25.2% of their shots from three um, against that starting unit. That's in the 100th percentile for the season, so the best in the league for any five-man lineup. Um, and they were kind of able to... So they were able to run teams off the line, and that's not a thing you would uh, you would associate with having a big lineup. But then the thing you would have you would associate with having a big lineup is that they were able to get stops at the rim. Uh, teams shot sixty four point four percent from at the rim against them, which is in the seventy fifth percentile. 
all season long, Minnesota were one of the best rim defending teams in the league. So that's my reason for optimism is that I think that the baseline you can build from this team is that they're going to be a really good defense. I mean, you have Gobert had a down season, but he's still Rudy Gobert. Teams do not want to shoot in the paint against Rudy Gobert. Jaden McDaniels is an all defensive type of player. Anthony Edwards has gotten way better every single season defensively. They were able to put Cat in the D-low role, which kind of doesn't make any sense, but in terms of just hiding yeah. hiding him on the worst player, and that worked because Cat doesn't have to do so much, and I think he can defend reasonably well when he has less responsibility. And then Mike Conley was just a massive upgrade on D-low defensively. Um, I'm, I was super shocked at how good Conley was defensively because the whole narrative when when he was traded was that he's still kind of crafty. He's still that same kind of Mike Conley who can who can hit floaters and he can do all that really fun point guard stuff, but that he's completely washed defensively. And he was awesome. They pretty much got, made him guard shooters, guys who run around screens, you know, Cam Johnsons and Malik Beasley and players like that who who can really hurt a team with their shooting. And he did a fantastic job every single game that he played in that role. So I think you're looking at the makings of a really good defensive team. You lose Jalen Noel out of the rotation. That's a big bonus to help the bench. Kyle Anderson's now coming off the bench. That's a big bonus because he's a great defender as well. So I think that you have a really, really good defensive team. And now you just have to make the pieces work offensively. And I think that is a better place to be in than having a really, really good offensive team and having to figure out how to make the pieces work defensively. Yeah, it's interesting because last season, if you just kind of bunch it all together, it was just kind of tough to watch. And you just, it's, you know, you really got to extrapolate the numbers like you did here. Mm -hmm. And the roster as it's sitting right now is just so much more athletic and just, I mean, the defensive pieces they have. Of course, you know, Jaden, you know, Gobert. But just after that, like Anthony Edwards is at least league average. Conley Mm -hmm. in this starting five with all those guys around him. Very nice, like you mentioned it. I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we saw what he can do oh, yeah. in the playoffs, yeah. and he's coming off the bench. He's going to be, like, super solid off the bench with Kyle Anderson. Josh Minot might get some run. Like, they have legitimately good defensive pieces, at least six or seven in the just main rotation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm super encouraged by that. And even, like you mentioned, the D-Lo swap out, that's one of my reasons as well, just kind of having a full season here where there's not questions about the point guard like the starting point guard positions going into the season like last year's draft there was a lot of velo might get traded stuff and then it was just throughout the offseason it was just confusing a lot of even going into the season it was like maybe the trade deadline it was never solid that he delo was going to play here there was a lot of will he get extended and it was just questions all the time so it'll be good this season for gobert for ant for carl to have a consistently good point guard that you just know is going to be here all season this isn't even like a knock on D'Lo it's just kind of a thing of consistency that I think is really important at the point guard position because yeah I mean D'Lo played well they just there was no confidence that he was actually going to be here for any longer than even the trade deadline for a while so yeah I think that's important but I guess that wasn't my main reason something I did want to bring up was I think bench improvements is just overall something mm-hmm. that's going to be important Shake Milton is someone we haven't mentioned yet but he'll be just effectively replacing Jalen Noel. And if you would have told me that last year, I would have said that's dumb because Jalen Noel is about to get the Malik Beasley contract. But it turns <laughs> out that didn't happen. Now uh, he's just <laughs> looking for any contract. Just looking for a job. Yeah, Shake yeah. Milton will be replacing Jalen Noel. Love that. You got Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 
coming in just very solid defensively three and D and guy. Sed- settled as well. I think he's going to be really big with, with um, Alexander Walker is that I feel like he, he, he felt like he was just this yeah. movable piece that was getting shifted right. around from team to team. Now he's got his contract. He, he really did seem like he felt at home in Minnesota in terms of just a role and a team that wanted him. And I think yes. now that he's got the contract, he's got a pretty obvious spot in the rotation. I think that'll be huge. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more than just players. It's also like the fit with the team, as you mentioned. Kyle Anderson, excellent six man, can step into any of the starters' spots if need be. And then from there, you know, Nas Reed, who's making 14 mil a year, he's a very solid bench piece. And take your pick of Minot, your guy, Leonard Miller, Troy Brown Jr. It's a really, really solid bench, improved upon last year. And last year, I was talking the bench up a lot. I mean, Torian Prince, love the guy, just had a very kind of weird, inconsistent season. Did you mention Nas Reed? Yeah, I did. Okay, sorry. Come, come, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I'm I'm tired. It's early. Well, it's not early. It's mid. It's midday. But I woke up late. Thinking I would just. I always mention Nasrid in any conversation <laughs> I can because he's your guy. No, <laughs> no. But it, overall, the bench is I think very improved. Again, this could just be me looking at the Wolves as a Wolves fan and be biased. But I don't know because I was saying the same thing last year. But I really do believe this year's bench is going to be improved, and it was hurt a lot. I'll say the bench was hurt last year just because, again, there was questions about the point guard. He was missing some games. Towns right away gets injured. Rudy was not himself. So guys had to play in roles that they weren't necessarily supposed to. So going in, I think the Wolves are set to just have much better bench play. And that's very important for this team. So, yeah, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's uh, like like you said, it's it's a it fits better this bench. I think that you've got the backup point guard, or at least a guy who's more accustomed to doing backup point guard things in Shake Milton. Um, Jalen Noel had to play a ton of backup point guard last season. He's very bad at it. I yes. think it hurt him personally. It hurt the team. Austin Rivers is in the same boat. I mean, and there was also times where Austin Rivers was playing the small forward, like they were playing that three guard. Yeah bench unit which was just horrendous um i think you lose a little bit of grit and a little bit of intangible stuff with torian prince but i think that um i think that's replaced though I th- yeah i, I think, think it's sensibly like that yeah troy brown jr gives you the same skill set i i do love the way that prince kind of it's hard to explain i think he had that that kind of it factor when he was playing well that that it he was like that rising tide that, that lifts all boats, but but he I could also think... be the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was I was kind of been digging into a few Troy Brown versus Torian Prince numbers. He turns it over about double the amount as Troy Brown did. So oh, wow. and in less minutes as well. So it's he was that kind of player who would live by the risk and die by the risk. Right, you know, right. he, he would he would force things at times, and when he forced things and it came off then it always felt like a really big boon for the team. And when he forced things and it didn't come off, it was kind of like, why is Torian Prince the guy who's driving into traffic and turning the ball over? So I do think you get a little bit of risk mitigation with it, with no Torian Prince. I think, again, I've said to you before, I think Troy, Jr., Troy Brown Jr. will play to start the season, even if we both prefer um, Miller and Minot, just because that's the young <laughs> and, the, and the fun. But Right, right. Um, and yeah, I, like I said, I think the roles being more defined. Nikhil Alexander Walker will have his role defined. Milton's the backup point guard. Nas Reed has this this higher minute role. Kyle Anderson being with that unit, I think, is going to be huge because he's such a 
conductor and such a calming presence when things are going awry, which they often did last season. And, I mean, Chris Finch would put Kyle Anderson in for the end of the games and give him the ball because that's how much he trusted that Kyle Anderson would make the right decisions and didn't always go right, but it did more often than not. So I think having Anderson with that bench unit for like 10-minute stretches per game will just glue everything together and and glue Nas Reed's chaos together and, and glue... You know, Nikhil's kind of chaos as well. All that there, there's a lot of chaotic players in that group, and Kyle Anderson is the charming presence within the storm. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to see that because I think there was a middle part of that of last season where the bench was losing them games every night. Yeah, and I think that was again like just because a few of their starters were out, so they were playing in games yeah, like yeah. Wendell Moore at times and Austin Rivers at the three. So yeah, the bench lacked depth which again was another thing last year that i was just praising the hell of i don't know if i was like this mm-hmm. depth is unbeatable we've never seen anything like it and it was did fall apart as players just weren't what we all thought but yeah i mean this year it's it's interesting because like the first 10 really really solid but if you have to go past it my not miller more mclaughlin like we don't know exactly but that's with every team yeah, um, I think that for, for the last yeah. four guys on a in a rotation, well, you know, the fringe of a rotation, they're pretty good options. That's you get young yeah. players who could be way better than you think. You have McLaughlin, who, as we know, has proven that he can be a really impactful backup point guard when he's not kind of having one True. of his shooting slumps or when he's uh, not kind of coming back from an injury. And then you have Troy Brown Jr. If, if he's in there, you have. You know, I don't know who else you'd, you'd have in that list, but that's for for end of bench rotation. I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, and uh, this might be like a weird take in some way, but the biggest question mark of the bench might be the guy they extended in Nas Reed, just because we don't really, I don't really know what his role is still mm-hmm. to this point. Again, we've talked about his potential at the power forward, how weird it looks when he plays that position, and backup five. I mean, what again? Like there will be injuries, but. When everyone's healthy, he's got to play. For me, he's the biggest question mark just in terms of his role. Do you have any... Do you think he's going to just be playing a lot of power forward? Or how's this going to work here? More seven yeah, minutes I, less Carl? I, I think know. I think probably more power forward minutes than we're used to seeing from Nas. But he's. I think he's going to be asked to do a lot. Like, he's going to be asked to do backup center minutes. He's going to be asked to do backup power forward minutes. He's going to be asked sure. to do starting power forward minutes alongside one of the two bigs. I think he's going to be the plug-and-play big man on the team, which is a really tough role. Like, how many guys in the league do that consistently and really excel in it? It's a, it's a tough role to play to be a bench player who's also has to be the sixth man or something close, you know, to a sixth man. And then a, a leader of the bench unit, a guy who plays multiple different positions, a guy who has to defend multiple di- different positions. It's... It's a tough gig that I think Nas is going to have next season, but if it's he wanted the minutes, I'm sure he wanted the minutes, and I'm sure he wanted the bigger role, and he wanted the the security that he wasn't going to be a player who is sitting on the bench and, and having yeah. DNPs, you know. So now you get that, and he's going to have. I think it's going to be tough, but I also think that he is supremely talented. And he's an X, I think he's an X factor. I think we both know about his flaws. I've harped on about his flaws. I think that he's not a guy who you can just plug in and be like, well, this is a starting level player because he's not good enough defensively. I don't think he's good enough at passing the ball. Um, and I don't think he's good enough at kind of 
running an efficient offense for the team and not just himself. But when he's a sixth man and he's the energy guy and the spark off the bench and the guy who can bring something completely different when Carl and Rudy's clashing talents are becoming really annoying. Like Nas yeah. kind of kind of is in between those two guys. And um, I'm excited to see if he can adapt to that role because it is going to be a tough one to to adapt to because it's a weird role that, that not many players have. But I'm excited to see if it works. But like I said, I, like you said, it it is a role that you could see not working. Yeah, role that it's interesting to predict what it will be, but it's also a role that is fully guaranteed that like he will have mm. one with this new contract. Like, and it big, and yeah. it be, it being a weird role means that it could be something different than any other team has. Like, if it if yeah, it really yeah. works, then no other team has a third big man who plays 23, 25 minutes a night and who can do the things that Nas Reed does. Like there, there isn't a big man in the league that can do the things that Nas Reed consistently does. And that's that doesn't mean he's the best big man in the league, obviously, but like there's no other guy who has the mix of ball handling and finishing at the rim and kind of three-point shooting. Like he's a truly unique player in terms of the entire league. So if you get that right, if you can kind of wield him like the weapon that he is um he becomes a huge x factor for this team in a good way yep i'm with you um i guess for more reasons my other two were just mainly health and then a year Mm -hmm. of film between anthony edwards and rudy gobert those two like mainly because we got what less than 30 games of carl i think we got 29 so full year of ant and gobert because those two are extremely important important and then health overall i think those the most obvious ones perhaps but also the most important i mean you need your guys to be playing a, a lot of games carl like we've mentioned a couple times here has become an injury prone player is it four out of the last five or three out of the last four that he's missed mm. a lot i guess I uh yeah one of those two yeah but it's, either way it's right it's often lately yeah he i think the first like four years of his career he played near 82 games and then since then it's just been injury after injury so you hope this year he turns that corner. Health is very important. Guys are getting older. Conley, Rudy. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, otherwise the full year of film, full year of development, full year of chemistry between Ant and Rudy is important because those two did not not necessarily click on the offensive side. But those are my main reasons. You can you have any more? Do you want to elaborate on those? No, I think I think that that's they're the, they're the ones I'm looking at as well. I mean. I don't think it can get that much worse yeah. in terms of pick and roll chemistry between Ant and Rudy. I've said before that I think it, the way that Rudy got Ant open with some of the best screening in the league is underrated by the, the general populace. I also think that how bad Ant was in terms of throwing lobs and making pocket passes was probably rated because he was really bad at it and often didn't even look for it and at times when Ant wasn't scoring himself, if Ant isn't scoring himself, then it looks bad that he didn't pass to Rudy, who's wide open under the right. rim. And no one in the, on the team can draw as much defense towards him to leave Gobert open than Ant can. So uh, I'm looking forward to that because I do think that it can't get worse. I think that Ant has shown us that he is very committed to getting better at the things that he's bad at. Every season he seems, he, he's like Nas in that way that, Every season, they seem to come back better at the things that they were previously bad at. So I'm looking forward to see if, if, yeah, if they've improved it next season. I think training camp, it'll be a big focus. And I'm looking forward to just seeing the offense in general 
working together better now that they have more time together, full training camp, hopefully. And yeah, just, just more chemistry, more film in the bag, like you said. So yeah, definitely looking forward to the offense. For sure. All right, Jake, you want to play a game? Yeah, let's play a game. <laughs> All right. For those of you watching on the screen, this will probably go much better than Jake's audio offense. Yes, I'll, I'll, offense I will do it. Audience. <laughs> I will do my best to be the narrator for this, but I'm sure that most people who are listening have, have seen this NBA grid game. I am terrible at it. I, I thought that I knew, um, you know, my my nostalgic hoops and my it's tough, yeah. weird hoops, you, you know, trivia that no one else that I know would know, but I'm not very good at it. So we're playing the NBA grid. You've got, obviously it's in a grid formation. You have to kind of choose the players that, that overlap and you get nine guesses. So what have we got here? Down the left-hand side, we have got the Suns the Cavs and a second round NBA draft pick. And on the top uh, section columns, we've got the Grizzlies, the Bucks and recorded a triple double. I have no guesses in my head. All right. We're doing a four minute timer to keep this. So we're not on here till Jay, Crow- Jay Crowder is one of them that can for, go in the bu- for Bucks, Bucks and Suns. All right. Four minutes. He might started. actually go. He can actually go in either of the Memphis or Bucks. I'm pretty sure he played for Memphis, didn't he? I don't did he actually maybe for like a season, but we're we're gonna take ooh you know what I don't know did he because I don't know anyone that would go in Memphis Suns, but I do have one for Bucks we'll try, Suns. That try him Bledsoe. there. I think yeah, well go Bledsoe then. I think he played for them. In fact, I'm almost positive because he okay. had a fight with someone playing for Minnesota once. Jay Crowder for yeah Memphis Suns. Yeah, yeah, good call. All right, Suns triple double. We got three thirty left. That one. First name that comes to mind. Uh, so that Jay- can be any. That can be anyone who's recorded a triple double for the yep. Suns. Um, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Great call. Jason Kidd. Nice. All right. Uh, Cavs. Grizzlies. Um, so like you're in the weeds here because it's just like how many players do you remember playing for the Cavs and the Grizzlies? Jay Crowder, I think, would have worked for that too. True. Let's. We'll skip that one. Um, because I got Bucks, Cavs, Della Vadova. Yeah, Delhi, Australian goat. Yeah, that's your guy. <laughs> Ooh, Cavs triple double. Jake, who comes to Le- mind? LeBron James, <laughs> probably. Yeah, that'll work. All uh, right, second round draft pick Grizzlies. My favorite player of all time, Dylan Brooks, could fit here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you want to admit that out loud. <laughs> no, I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> we're putting him in though. Nice. Three boxes left. Uh, second round pick for Bucks, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. See, this is when when you know this because you know that you, we must know at least one player who has been a second round pick. But your brain just goes blank. You know who just got extended though was was Giannis's brother a second round pick? Because he no way he was a first. Mm, he was either a second round pick or undrafted. Right. <laughs> I want to say yes. I think they picked him like late fifties. Yeah? yeah, I was doing okay. some late fifties research. Ant- t- all right well sure. nice yeah, it worked we got it. <laughs> um triple I double mean, second round pick i mean Jokic. oh yeah there you go nikola Jokic. all right so, uh, so now we just need one player who has played for the for the Cavs and the grizzlies people who are listening to this are probably screaming at us who have this weird player in their head minute 30 left oh man um 
This is a temptation to just go on Google stuff to really creep up your spine. <laughs> if you um, do that, I will never talk to you. <laughs> no cheating. Um, who did Danny Green think... get drafted by? That's not a bad... Danny oh, Green's always one my, like, And we've only got go one to. guess remaining as well. Yeah, yeah, because you get nine guesses. Yeah, so you bucks. can't make a mistake. Um, he, he's our he's our panic button. He's always my Danny panic Green he's just is a, for weird teams. Yeah, Danny Green is a good suggestion. Hmm. Should we just send it? Yeah, I think that. Well, I think he played for the Grizzlies. I think so too, because for sure the Cavs. Yeah, he definitely Danny played Green. for the Cavs. Nice nine Dang. out of nine. Look at that, Jay. Wow. Yeah, not the greatest for audio, you know, visual, but yeah. So, so can you guess a player twice? No, but this is just the most common. What's on the screen right. now? Okay. Hey, okay. okay. Nice. We did okay then. Well, yeah, we did uh, Chris right. Middleton, second round draft pick for the Bucks, was a pretty obvious one that we missed. Oh, <laughs> considering he was like the second best player on a championship team. No, dude, Theonis under Dakuba. We were really digging in the weeds for that. Oh my god, yeah, that was obvious. Anyways, that was fun. I, I enjoy. I do those every day, and I usually do terribly. So it's good to have another person. Oh, well, know. we can. Yeah, we can end every podcast with a little grid then, because I'm bad oh, at god. it. I need someone who's yeah. good at it to help me out. <laughs> We're both bad, but it just like combines. Yeah, you know? yeah, perfect. All we're right. like the we're like the Timberwolves big man rotation that they are all bad at something, but if you put them all together, maybe they can be good. Maybe that's we've proven more than they have actually. So, so one last question before you yeah. before you go, who what team are you most excited to watch except the USA in the international hoops World Cup? Um, I'm kind of. I kind of want to watch Carl the most. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's just, a, has, is there yeah. any other NBA players on that team? Is Al Horford playing? I don't think so. Mm, I saw he, that he might, so I don't know. But, like, that's the thing. It'd be nice for him to play with another big man. That'd be actually good. Yeah, good, that'd be cool. Um, you know, It'll be like playing with the uh, 2015 to 16 Minnesota Timberwolves with the lack of yeah. NBA players on that <laughs> yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, it's not something he's not accustomed to. Right. So I don't know. We haven't seen much of Carl lately, so I'm excited to see him. Other than that, I don't really care about Rudy. Um, yeah, and the French team's always, you know, fairly yeah. good. Like they'll 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 be prominent in the later rounds of the tournament. I think Cat might only play three or four games, whatever sure. the group stage. I don't know what group, you know, how it all works, but I'm guessing oh, they yeah. won't be. Um, well, I'll I'll eliminate Australia from mine as well because I I obviously watch love watching the Aussies and. We have a pretty good team, like Giddy. Any and, NBA uh, players there? Well, Giddy, Josh Green, right. okay, um, from Dallas. Dyson Daniels will play for them. Uh, Thibel plays for them, which is hmm. weird, but I think he's a dual citizen. Uh, Daly, the goat. Yeah, he's a Paddy, right, Paddy, Paddy Mills, who oh. averages like thirty points a game in every international. Like, See, I don't international pay, like, any attention to this stuff. Yeah. so I didn't know any of these people were Australian. International Paddy Mills is like our you know international mellow like he just goes bonkers in every tournament so it's a it's actually quite a fun team i don't think it'll obviously win it might win a medal you know maybe a bronze um if it it plays well so but i think i think i'm looking forward to watching canada i think that they have they have a fun team like i don't know if jamal murray's playing i don't think he is i would suggest he probably isn't but he might be but they have like like nor obviously uh dylan brooks which just adds fun to it um i think tristan thompson so a few other dudes as well. Like they have a team I think should should it's be a fun. Team over there. Yeah, and there's a Timberwolves player on it. So it's you know any team that has a Wolves player on it, 
And then China. I'm looking forward to see Kyle yeah, Anderson. Yeah, Kyle Anderson. That's like, so what role does Kyle Anderson have on the Chinese national team? Is he going to average 30 a game? I don't know. No. But I, is he going to average a triple-double? Probably. Oh, because yeah. I feel like he will just be in his element, just running point guard in a in an international setting. So Just let loose, yeah. Let Kyle Anderson loose. See what happens. I love yeah. it. <laughs> let him. Let Kyle Anderson cook. <laughs> all right. That's all. We sum up. Pumped 30 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, we talked some we talked some shit, don't we? Yeah, we, we sure did. Alright, Jim. <laughs> thanks a lot. It's always fun. We'll talk again soon. Maybe when some news comes out. But uh, yeah. yeah. See you next yeah. time. Could be could be months, but we will.